0: First time, we are honored to be for you to be joining us today. Our prayer is that you will feel at home and become a part of the family. Here, we want to get you connected with our community and help you grow and fulfill all that God has spoken over you. Now, for a few announcements with Elijah.
1: Welcome, Church. Uh, McWorth family, McWarder or something. Family night, Joyland. It's gonna be a Joyland, yeah, I think. August 19th, Help Serve Snow Cones. Uh, tickets will start selling at Water for $10 and on the first day of school. So, and then on August 24th, Prayer Worship uh, 102, 6.30 p.m. Leader more, leader more Ways to Pray and Grow in the Prayers of Life. Uh, prayer walk, August twenty seventh, seven thirty p.m. Uh, Meet at Impact, then walk in the neighborhood. And kids dismissal to Medlia. Okay. At this time, we will be dismissing all kids. Parents, please walk your child to their class. Everyone else, please take this time to say good morning and greet those around you. If you don't know somebody, please introduce yourself and welcome them.
0: Encourage everyone to exchange good morning. <laughs> Good morning, how is everybody? Good yeah, you are doing okay? Sorry, we're we running a little behind. We're having technical problems, which is a reoccurring theme around here, but it's all good. Well, today we conclude a series that we've been in. It's really a mini series. Really, it didn't last that long. But it's called Family Matters. You know, one common theme that you'll see is that we all deal with conflict. It's going to be part of life, right? You know, life isn't a movie as much as we wish it would be. Sometimes, it's not. And just like I always talk about, there's going to be problems that always come in life. Man, conflict is a thing that's always going to come too. And sometimes that conflict it can come from. Uh, finances it could come from man trying to have control of certain things it could come from misunderstanding things or miscommunication but conflict will to be around especially when it comes to our families and the way that we handle those conflicts with God with we handle them in other situations and so I just pray today that we learn that as uncomfortable as those times can be and those conversations can be man, we wouldn't avoid them any longer. Instead, we allow the Holy Spirit to lead us and transform us through them. And so, man, let's pray, we'll jump in today. Father, I thank you. Uh, I thank you for conflict. Uh, It's not always a, a thing that we want in our lives, but Father, you said that you will use it to grow us in ways that are better. And so Lord, help us see that as opportunities to grow. Help us see that as opportunities to become stronger, Help us see, uh, man, that you are with us in those moments, and that when we come to you, when we surrender them to you, that you're gonna use them for our benefit. And through that, you will get glory like no other. So Father, I just pray that you would speak to us each in a personal way, in a way that we can't avoid it, in a way that, uh, man, brings some relief, in a way that brings some correction. Father, just have your way with us this morning. Uh, We thank you for being able to join and come in your name. And we just thank you for what you have to come. Father, we love you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Man. You know, it, it amazes me how you can see a family that's close, that's strong, they're, they're unified, right? They're all together. And then overnight, like a snap of the finger, things could change. And I always see families and I'm like, man, that family looks so, like they're doing so strong, they're so good. And then next time I hear about them, how they're all at each other's throats and it's crazy because as I was thinking about that and the conflicts, it made me think of my own family. You know, on my father's side, we were a close, tight-knit family. Uh, I'm talking about my grandma lived on the corner. I had a Thea live down the street. I had an uncle lived over here. I had a cousin lived over here. And they did everything together, right? Birthdays, holidays. I mean, you would just show up for breakfast and half the family was always around. But one thing that we commonly see is... Man, when when something happens that the family wasn't ready for, they weren't expecting, things could change overnight. And a lot of times what I've seen is when key figures within a family pass away, so maybe parents or grandparents, once it seems like they're removed out, they've gone, everything starts to fall apart. And what you see is people that are hurt begin to hurt each other. And I've seen that happen in my own family. My grandfather passed away. My father passed away the next year. The year after that, my grandfather passed away. And then that family that did everything together became the family that was talking mess about each other. That family that quit visiting each other. That family that had something to say that was never in a positive light. And so as I was thinking about this and thinking about my own family, and I was talking to God, like, man, God, what's what's the problem, man? How is it that conflict tears our families apart? And he led me to this verse in James chapter 4 that I want to share with you because I think it kind of shares some light on it. In James chapter 4, verse 1, it says, What is causing the quarrels and the fights among you? Don't they come from evil desires at war within you? The war within you. What's causing a lot of arguments, a lot of fights, not only within ourselves, within our families, it's a war that's going on within us. And when we don't address that war, what ends up happening is it ends up getting poured out to those around us. And church, I don't want us to be contributors to a war that's trying to bring destruction to our lives, to our family's life. I want us to learn to embrace those moments, to rise above our emotions, and allow the Holy Spirit to transform us through it. And so as I was reading this and processing this, I was like, man, yeah, there's a war going on. It's something we talked about in the past couple weeks, right, about the unseen things, that the enemy's always working behind the shadows. And sometimes we allow ourselves to hang out there too long. And it plays that part in our life. And it brought me to a story in in the Bible in Genesis chapter 4. And that's what we're going to be reading out of today. We'll have the verses on the screen. But it's a story of two brothers. They had two different, you know, occupations and stuff. But what we see is the way that they handled conflict, man, it affected everyone. And so we're going to be in Genesis chapter 4 today. And I want to start us off at verse 1. And parents, forgive me how it reads, the, this is the word of God, all right? So I know our youth are gonna learn how babies are made today. I apologize right now. <laughs> but it says, now Adam had sexual relations with his wife Eve, and she became pregnant. When, the little, when she gave birth to Cain, she said, with the Lord's help, I have produced a man. I think that's God trying to humble us men right now. She's letting us know it wasn't by us, it was his work, but it said, later she gave birth to his brother, and named him Abel. And when they grew up, Abel became a shepherd while Cain cultivated the ground. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. And Abel brought a gift, the best portions of the first burned lambs from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry and he looked dejected. So we see two brothers, two different occupations, two different gifts, but they both had an understanding that they had to return something to the Lord, right? They had to go and give him a gift. They had a responsibility. And we don't know what it cost, we don't know the quantity of what they give, but what we do know is the Lord said, I'm accepting this one and I'm not accepting that one. Church, have you ever had that question and wondered, why didn't he accept both gifts? They were both giving it to him, they were both doing it in his honor. Well, church, I I think it's a lesson that we need to all learn if we haven't learned already. You see, the motive behind your actions will determine the reaction you receive. The motive behind your actions will determine the reaction you receive. I don't know how you are when it comes to giving gifts, but I can tell you not everybody is the same, okay? There are some people that will give you a gift and you will just be blown away by it, Right? You're like, man, you could tell how thoughtful they were, how much that they loved you, how it took some time to go and find this item and present it to you. But there'll be some other people that gives you a gift, and you would wonder if they even know your name, right? You're like, this person even know who I am? Like, what is this? And I would say this, man, because I know how it is. When you're a man, we don't always be the best listeners. We're not always the best gift givers. Because I've seen it. I've seen it where a kid's macaroni necklace is getting more love than an expensive item that that person bought for him. But the thing that God was showing me was just that, man, you don't have to know the cost of something to determine that you are valued by the one that gave it to you. You see, Cain gave some of what he had, but Abel gave his best. And there's a big difference between giving from what we have in giving our best. You see, when you give from what you have, it's easy, right? Because a lot of times, it don't mean much to you. Or a lot of times, you have a lot of something, so it's real easy to let go of it when you don't place a high value of it. But to give your best, that's gonna take more time, more thoughtfulness, it's gonna take more intentionality, it's gonna have to come from a place of love and sacrifice. So there's a big difference between what we give Both of these gifts express the value of a person to that person. And it made me think about how God is with us, right? A lot of times we we go off of what we see with our own eyes when God looks a lot deeper than that. You read throughout his word and he says, man, he doesn't judge by outward appearance, he doesn't look to those things, he looks for what's inside. And there's a great verse that captures this in Jeremiah chapter 17. Verse 10, it says this, but I the Lord search all hearts and examine secret motives. I give all people their due rewards according to what their actions deserve. That's been a common thing that I know in the guys group that we've been discussing and even here at church, right? That we always are reaping what we're sowing. We're always gonna reap that. We all say that we love our families, right? But what are our actions truly showing? Are they truly displaying the value that you have for your spouse, for your children, for your loved ones? Or are they really showing that your mind is elsewhere? Are you giving them your best or are you merely giving them what you have? You see, because if we can't give God our best, then we ain't going to give our spouse our best, we ain't going to give our children our best, and it's just going to trick along down to every relationship that we're in. You see, the motive behind your actions will determine the reaction you get and that's a reality check even for myself right you know i love my bride desiree she's willing to step on my toes and speak some truth to me just the other day she spoke this to me she said babe i love you hear me out let me say this okay i love you you do a wonderful job leading the church and pouring into people but could you do that same thing there that you do that you do there at home and i was like "Mm, mm." you know what i'm saying but what could I say to that I could get offended I could get upset like man what are you talking about I do this this and that but the truth was exactly what she said I wasn't doing the same thing I wasn't you know I was giving from what I had instead of giving them my best and that's a hard thing to swallow but it's not coming from a place of trying to put you down and trying to bury you it's trying to build you up and let you realize hey we got some things we need to work on but what did we see happen with Cain he was mad. They talked about he was dejected. I don't know if you know what that definition means, but that's a whole lot of emotions and feelings, okay? That means he was sad and angry. That means that he was mad and depressed. Man, it's funny how we could be careless and reckless and not even really care about anybody else's feelings, but as soon as what we do gets rejected and sent back, we have an uproar, Right? We want to flip some tables. We want to be offended. We want to be mad. We want to be the victims. But a lot of times, church, the truth is we should be mad at ourselves because we've been the one giving from what we have instead of giving our best. And that's a hard truth. I want us to read what the Lord tells him once he notices this. In the next verse, in Genesis 4, verse 6 and 7, this is what God tells him. Why are you so angry, the Lord asked Cain. Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you. But you must subdue it and be its master. Mm. Man, that's a powerful verse right there. It's like, hey, man, come on, man. What are you really doing? You see, church, that's what I want us to understand. And when it comes to correction, it shouldn't be viewed as our enemy. Correction is our best ally. Correction is a good thing. Correction is going to benefit you in ways that you didn't even know you needed. And a lot of times, correction from the Lord, we think of it the same way we think about parents and relationships, right? We think, oh, man, we're getting punished for something. It's like, Nah. When God is correcting you, he's doing it from a place of love. He's not trying to humiliate you. He's trying to build you up. He's not trying to break you down. He's trying to save you from yourself. Because we all need correction. It's got to be our ally, not our enemy. You see, in relationships, there are a couple things that are going to be true in every relationship. That they all need honesty and trust. That's got to be part of the foundation for every relationship that we're in. Because if you're not going to trust someone who isn't honest with you, and you're not going to be honest with someone you don't trust, you've got to have both of those things. You will never have a healthy relationship with someone if you don't trust them, if you don't have honesty with them. And it goes both ways, right? And we see this with God. God is somebody that's always going to be honest. He's always going to be trustworthy. But at the same time, we have a part to play. We have to extend those same things. We have to live out those same things. And sometimes the pain of our own actions, it blinds us from the truth of our actions. We wanna look at the negative. Man, I can't believe this is what they tell me. We all, all we see is the rejection. And then we wanna get upset when a lot of times it's our own fault, It's nobody else to blame. And I say that speaking from experience more than I would like. But did you hear the way that he talked to Cain though? Last week, we talked about how Paul was encouraging Timothy how to handle people, right? He said, man, be mindful of your words, how you're treating people, how you're caring for people. And how did the Lord talk to Cain? He pulled him aside He said, man, Cain, let's talk about this. Hey, man, you know better. Like, he was mindful of the words that he was speaking of how he was treating him, of how he was caring for him. Church, does that sound like somebody that's against you or for you? And I would tell you to ask that same question when you think about your spouse or somebody within your family that's speaking those same things. Are they being against you? Or are they really for you? Because sometimes the person that is for you is gonna have to step on your toes to wake you up. Sometimes you gotta get shook like a dog, is what I say in my house all the time. Don't get shook like a dog. But we all need that, church. We need somebody that's gonna hold us accountable, that's gonna be honest, that's gonna bring those things to the surface. Because what did God say? He's like, man, I'm trying to let you know right now, if you don't get control of this situation, if you don't allow me to help, it's going to get out of control. In fact, your emotions are going to be controlling you. You know, it doesn't show the continuation of that conversation that Cain was having with the Lord when the God told him that stuff. But my guess is that he was still in his emotions because in the next verse we see, it goes far right. It goes way worse than what it should have. In verse 8, it says this, one day, Cain suggested to his brother, man, let's go out into the fields. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Man, it doesn't say that Abel did anything to provoke him, right? And you, know, you know, sometimes you got them siblings that get under your skin. But it doesn't say that Abel was doing that. It didn't say that Abel was trying to bring that out of Cain. But what we do see is that Cain took it out on him anyway. You see, it's something I keep going back to. When we allow sin to get unchecked in our life, it's going to continue to build in our life. And it can get to a point that we can't return, we can't get back from. Now, the God could always bring restoration and healing, and he could change your situation, but he cannot change your actions once they've been done. Once you say words, once you do something, what's done is done. And he was trying to warn Cain before it got took to a level like this. See, a lot of times we get hurt, we get frustrated, we get angry, but instead of dealing with it, what do we do? We wanna shrug it off. Ah, it's not a big deal, I ain't even gonna worry about it. I don't don't wanna talk about it, we wanna shut down, we wanna ignore anything. Church, that's not healthy, man. That's dangerous, because if we don't allow God to help us gain control of it, we're gonna be out of control. We're going to have some Cain situations in our hands. Let's not let that happen. Because guess who's going to get took out on? Remember them people that you said you loved, that you cared for? They're going to be the first ones. I want us to continue to receive what God tells Cain after that happened. Verse 9 through 16, it says, Afterward, the Lord asked Cain, Where's your brother? Where's Abel? I don't know, Cain responded. Am I my brother's guardian? But the Lord said, man, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you are cursed and banned from the ground, which has swallowed your brother's blood. No longer will the ground yield good crops for you, no matter how hard you work for From now on, you will be a homeless wanderer on the earth. And Cain replied to the Lord, my punishment is too great for me to bear. You have banished me from the land and from your presence. You have made me a homeless wanderer. Anyone who finds me will kill me. Man, look at Cain. He's not apologizing. He don't even feel no remorse. He's just thinking about himself still. The Lord replied, No, for I will give a sevenfold punishment to anyone who kills you. And then the Lord put a mark on Cain to warn anyone who might try to kill him. So Cain left the Lord's presence and settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. You see, if honesty and trust aren't the foundation of your relationship it's not what you're building your relationships on then deception and denial will be a lot of times we think we could just remove things from our life and we will never have to deal with it but if we remove things and not replace it with something better we're going to find something else worse to replace it with we can't escape the things that we do in this life It don't matter how far you run away, it doesn't erase it. Eventually, there's gonna come a day that you're gonna have to settle what's happened, that you're gonna have to man up and take care of it. And God doesn't want these things the way that they played out for him to be for us. He don't want us to be banned from his presence, to be physically marked in a way that's unshakable. You see, their parents, Adam and Eve, they knew what it was like to live with God in a way that they had no shame or no guilt. You see, there was a time they were naked, okay, not just physically naked, not wearing anything, but they were naked with their emotions, with the things that they've done. They were fully exposed. Church, do you understand how liberating, how freeing that is? How much peace you can have when you're not hiding things, when you can have that honesty and that trust that? And that's what God wants with us. He says, man, I'm willing to walk through all the mud and dirt with you, but you gotta be willing to allow me to join you in it, to walk with you through it. If we're not gonna trust God, then eventually we're not gonna be honest with him either. And that's even though he knows everything. He asked Cain questions, but he already knew the answer to, because that's how patient and tender and gentle God is with us. If we're not gonna trust him, man, we're not gonna be honest with him either. And that same habit is gonna affect every relationship that we're in. We'll end up doing it with our spouse, with our children, with our friends, with our family. It'll just continue and continue, continue. And then it will get passed on to them. You see, Adam and Eve, man, God had a few rules. They messed up with one of the rules. He said, oh man, I'm, there's gonna be a consequence. There's a consequence for every action that you have. Because of this, now you gotta leave the garden. You're gonna have to work for some things. I had life easy for you, you didn't have a care in the world, but because you wanna step outside of my will, now you gotta deal with what you're choosing. You would think that would be a lesson that their kids, their sons knew, especially your firstborn, right? I know as a parent, our firstborn, we're probably the hardest thing. My daughter tells me all the time, man, you didn't do this when I was a baby. Why y'all let them get away with this? We're always tough on our firstborns, right? Well, for some reason, Cain didn't know about this because what did he do? He allowed his emotions to just stir and to build and to push them to a place he couldn't take back. We gotta be mindful of that, church. A lot of times we think uh, we're passing things on to our family, even if it's small things, we don't think it's gonna be a bad thing. But it doesn't take much for it to grow out of control, for it to turn into a cane situation. I don't know any parents that ever said, man, I know my child is gonna grow up to kill some people. Nobody ever says that. That is not their plan for their children but somewhere along the way, they find themselves distant from God and making poor choices and it just accumulates. And when you don't have a good model at home or you're not being the example, man, it's real easy for it to get out of control when you're not used to giving God control of it. The crazy thing about the Word of God is we're only four chapters in and we've already seen a brother kill his own brother and how that got passed on. If you read a couple more chapters down the line, you read about a guy named Abimelech and hell. He was proud that he killed people. He was proud he had multiple wives. And it doesn't take much for it to get crazy from where it originally designed and started. Man, correction isn't a punishment, man, it's love. And God is trying to build a relationship on honesty and trust. But Cain allowed the war within him to cost everything. You see, to build honesty, instead of having anger, we gotta replace it with being hot, okay? You're like, what does that even mean, Pastor? It means we gotta be humble, we gotta be open, and we gotta be transparent. What does it mean to be humble? It means you gotta deny yourself, you gotta get off the high horse. You know what I'm saying? You could be standing on a stage like I am and have to sit down and say, you know what? I messed that up. I'm willing to admit that mistake. Being open, what is that? Man, that's being willing to walk through that mud, to share about those things that you're struggling with. And that's the transparency part. It's not hiding anything. And that's tough, church, because a lot of times in our mind, we think, man, if I share this, it's going to make my situation worse. I'm actually doing them a favor because I know it's going to hurt them. But you know what's going to happen? If you don't do it, it's going to make it worse later on when it comes out because there's no hiding it. The word of God tells you, man. Everything gets exposed to the light, everything. And I've seen it play out in my life time and time again. Where I was like, you know what, I'm not gonna tell Desiree this one thing, it will be all right. And it just ballooned into a huge thing. I said, you know what, I don't even want that no more. You know what, I'm willing to walk in this. Is she gonna be mad, she gonna be mad, but I'll take that rather than her lead me down the road if I let this balloon in and get out of control. You see, to build trust, we're going to have to exercise this honesty. We're going to have to give people the opportunity to gain trust. And that's tough, man, especially when people have repeatedly hurt you and broken your trust. But you got to understand, that's not everybody. That's not what God's going to do to you. That's not what everybody's going to do. And you should be the example to show what the difference could look like. We talked about it last week, right? The challenge was be the example. Well, pastor, I don't have that person to model for. I don't have it. Okay, well, you be that person then. A lot of times in my life, I had that same thing. I said, man, God, when you gonna send somebody to teach me these things? He's like, I'm trying to teach you now so you can just start doing it. Like, come on, man, when you gonna learn? When you gonna step up? Man, let's be the example, church. Let's quit waiting. Let's start trying to build trust and build honesty. So I don't know what's going on in everyone's life. Okay, I'm lying, I do. I know everybody's business now, but. But what we're going to do right now is I want everybody to close your eyes. And we're just going to take a moment and we're going to have a real honest conversation with God. We're going to ask him some very specific things. We're going to ask him if there is something that we are in denial of, man, that he would break down that wall right now. That he would help us acknowledge where we may be failing. Where we may be getting offended, but really we're the offender. So I want you to spend time with God right now and just have a conversation. Pray with him. Ask him for those things. Ask him to give you the instruction, the ways to receive correction, and the ability to walk through it. Take some time right now. Talk with him. I want to pray over us right now. Um, I'm gonna get on my knees. You you don't have to. You do whatever you feel comfortable in. But I want to pray that, man, we will break through this today. Father, we ask for your forgiveness. We ask those that we have offended that they would forgive us. Father, sometimes we just, we're so hard headed We're so selfish. We don't see the things that you're trying to, man, love us through, and even through our family. But Father, help us not see conflict as a bad thing, but as an area that we need to grow in, as an area that you're trying to make us aware of something that maybe we are the contributor to. So Father, I pray for all my brothers and sisters here, including myself, Lord, that, man, you would ruin us, you would break us in the things that are not of you, that you would place it right in front of us in a way that we can't avoid it, that you would stretch us in ways that are beyond our abilities and that you would heal us through all these things, that we wouldn't just continue to replace a bad habit with a worse habit, but that we would look to your guidance and your wisdom to make sure that we're, man, exercising the right things. Father, help us bring restoration to any broken relationship. Father, we know two main and key ingredients is honesty and trust. Father, and you've given us examples and you give us instructions of how we can grow in these areas, how we can live these areas, we can walk these areas. Father, help them not fall on death ears. Help us not be so consumed by our emotions that it pushes us to a point that we can't take back. So Father, I just thank you for your grace, for your mercy, for your love, for giving us the ability to use these times to make us better. Father, just continue to speak to us and help us not grow, man, just death to your voice. But just like we could feel the wind, Father, I pray that we would feel your your voice in a way that can't be ignored. Then in a moment's notice, we hear you clearly and loud. So Father, we just thank you for the mercy of today. And just for the ways that you're growing us through this. We love you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. My challenge for us this week, man, work on being honest, exercising trust whatever that looks like in your life, with whoever that looks like in your life. Charge, you've got to quit playing the victim all the time, thinking everybody's against us, everybody has it out for us. Don't nobody have it out for you like you do yourself. That's the truth. But the moment we're going to go into some worship, up here we'll have some prayer team members, so if you're in need of prayer, man, that's what they're here for. They want to pray with you. They want to stand in agreement with you. And if you just need to sit down and pray or even come to the altar and pray, that's what this is all about, okay? Church is for the broken. A bunch of broken people. We're not leaving here to expecting to become perfect. We just want to become better. We just wanna show our children better, our families better. But we have an ownership that we have to place. We have to live this up. So, let's go into a time of worship right now. Let's give it all to the Lord. Okay, yesterday we had choir rehearsal, but now we can sing it for real. Come on, help us sing this song. Here we go. The Lord is my shepherd, everybody. The Lord is my shepherd. He goes before me. He goes before me. Defender behind me. Defender behind me. Y'all been practicing. I won't fear.